You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, I want to talk about a feeling, a question that I've been hearing coaches talk about lately, and it's something I want to address on the podcast, and that is, have you ever asked yourself, am, am I the reason that the team is struggling, or am I the reason the team is potentially not listening to me? Those are the two big ones. Are you the reason the team is struggling, or are you the reason the team's not listening to you? These are two important questions, especially the first one, that I want to address and I want to talk about some strategies that you can use to not feel this way and be able to come out on the better end of this situation. So this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 177 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball in the books. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, For my new listeners, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And for my regular listeners, as always, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode where the goal just like every other episode, is to deliver valuable step-by-step strategies that can take your game, your team, to the next level. And I'm hoping to do that again today in a bit of a different way, um, that is. A little update for many of you who are following along my volleyball journey. Uh, team's struggling a bit right now. We have we have gone to the fifth set, three, two out of the last four games. We went to the fourth set with one, and then we won our game 3-0 against uh, another team. But... We have come up 0-2 in the fifth set. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to close out, and it's um, we we've been playing a little inconsistent. I must say, we we go up against one of the best teams in the East, and we lose in the fourth, 28-26. That could have gone to five and gone either way. And then we play against um, some lower level ranking teams, and we go to five and you know and struggle to close it out. It's very very uh, interesting. It's the inexperience of our team is really really being shown. And, um, and listen, uh, you know, the reason I share this is because coaches out there at all levels, this is something that every coach goes through. You know, I've had teams where I was the second best team in the East and I've had teams where we, we were the last place team and I've had teams where we were on a championship run. And I can tell you no matter what team I've had, they, every team has gone through this, this struggle. Uh, of not being able to have not like having that one hump that they they can't get over, um, and I know that we're gonna get over the hump. It's inevitable, but it's uh, it's it's just it's just to, to just to tell you guys and and share that yes, you know every coach does this and every coach goes through it, so you're not alone. And a part of this episode, you know, I've I've talked to a lot of coaches over the last couple of weeks and. One of the things, and this is kind of like now, we're, depending on where you are in your season, you could be at the beginning of your season. Some coaches are in the ending part of their season, depending on the, you know, like the fall. Sometimes the volleyball is a fall sport. So the fall sports are wrapping up now. And, you know, I've gotten a lot of coaches asking themselves, you know, are they good enough? Uh, I've, I've had coaches ask themselves, are they the problem that their team is not performing? 
And uh, the first thing I want to share with you, so like first, first of all, if you're a coach out there who has ever questioned their ability, or maybe you've asked yourself, am I the reason we're struggling? You know, is, am I the reason we're losing? Is this my fault? The first thing I want you to, to know is that is extremely normal. It is extremely normal when things aren't going great or your team is struggling in a specific area or you question your ability as a coach. It, I, I do it. Listen, coaches that I respect, I won't name names because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'm talking high, high, high level coaches. Some of the best volleyball minds in the world have questioned themselves time in and time out. Like, is it me? Did I do something? Do I need to change? Do I need to adapt? Do I need to go through uh, certain things? And this is, you know, this is just part of the process. It is part of the process. And you have to understand that this is uh, normal. And by the way, players go through it. You know, leaders of the world go through it. And we go through it. So my, my first point is that it's normal. My second point is that it's important to be aware of it and understand that it isn't you, okay? And I'll tell you why. The fact, the mere fact that you're, at, that you're even thinking about this, the mere fact that you're even posing the question or pondering the question that, could it be me? That'll, that right there tells me that it's not. Because if it was, you wouldn't be asking yourself that question. Because the fact that you're asking that question suggests that not only do you care, but you want to find the solution to your problem. You want to find what's what's creating a situation where your team is struggling, and that in itself is a point to be made aware of. Okay, so I want to I want to level with you, coaches who have ever felt this way before, which nine out of ten times is going to be many of you on the, that are listening to this, and. The second thing is that it's important that you're aware of it and you understand that it's not you. It's not just you. There's a lot of things that go into a team struggling, believe it or not, okay? Third thing. This is a very specific episode because I've, I've dealt with this a lot, believe it or not, including myself, by the way. When you're feeling like this, okay, you need to take a step back and we got to figure out exactly why your team is struggling. And you got to ask yourself, what can you do to help your team improve? And normally, this is where film comes in, video. Going back on video and looking through and seeing what is making your team struggle. And there could be a number of different things. I did an entire podcast episode on how you assess video, but for the sake of this question about you you know, questioning your ability as a coach, here are some things that will help you in, dis in determining what's going on with your team. Okay. The first thing that I want you to look at is I want you to observe player behavior. Okay. That's an interesting point there. We're not even talking about tactile stuff yet. Observe player behavior. Okay. I want you to observe uh, how players are interacting with each other. Is there a disconnect with any player? Are there, is there any negative body language amongst players on the court? This is a great strategy, by the way, to do um, when you're looking at film period. Because you, you pick up a lot of things when you watch film, when you're looking at it from this different angle, not, not the tactical angle, not the skill angle, but just the overall culture of the court, if you will. How are they, are they, are they engaged? Are they, are they communicating with their teammates? Are they aggressive with their approach to the game? 
Are they very timid? Are they shy? Are they afraid? Um, do you see specific players that are not on the same page, maybe yelling at each other, maybe not vibing, maybe not? Observe player behavior, okay? Then I want you to observe your behavior. Seriously, observe your behavior on the bench, on the sideline, wherever you are. Because if you observe your behavior, you can see your facial reactions. And this is something that I've actually been aware of um, a lot is when I look at film, I look at my facial reactions and I want to see because it, it's tough. Emotion is part of the game. But sometimes you have to be very careful because if you if you are having a, like if your body language is poor, if your emotions are poor and things like that, it normally doesn't help the team do anything. It only hurts the team. So just be be aware of that. Okay, be aware of that. Um. So, so that, that's that's another thing. Okay, so observe your players, observe your behavior. Another thing you want to look at on film too is the game, of course. That the how how did you how did you lose or how why what are you struggling in like figure out so look at where your unforced errors are so here's what you do look at your unforced errors okay so that's something that you control see what issues lie in your unforced errors that's a good place to start and then the second thing is look at how the other team beat you okay so how exactly did they beat you and isolate those out and that right there. Um, is a good start to looking at film to answer the question of, is it you or what can you do? Okay, I hope that makes sense. So observe your player's behavior, observe your behavior, look at your unforced errors, and then look at how they beat you. Now, this is not, again, we're not necessarily talking, okay, yes, yes, we're specifically talking about volleyball. Don't get me wrong, right? Like I can throw in, look at your side out percentage based on uh, rotation as well to figure out where, where your weakest rotation is, which I'm heard, I'm, I'm sure you've heard me say this a million times, but you're, you're more so looking at, okay, yes, how, how, um, how are you playing tactically and things like that, but you're looking at a lot more than just the game, okay? Uh, the last thing I want you to look at video on, and this is, this is more tactical, of course, is I want you to pay attention to how they're beating you, okay? So it goes back to how they're beating you, and ask yourself, could you have made any adjustments? Okay, could you have made any adjustments? And I always say, this is where coaches make their money. Could you have made, I'm just adding this to my list here, could you have made any adjustments? It's something I just thought of on the spot. Because this is where you, this is where coaches always question themselves. Could I have done something more in a game? I ask myself too, could I have made a better decision? Could I have made a better adjustment? Yeah, sure, sure. That, that's a question that comes up. So when you go look at film, ask yourself, could you have made adjustments? And adjustments can me, simply mean matchups, mix up the lineup or, or, or swap players for certain matchups if they have an advantage. Um, another thing could be um, creating the one-on-one. Were you working with your center to create the one-on-one? Did you notice if the middle blocker was cheating over to the left side already and they were leaving the middle alone? Did you notice, like, you know, what did you notice? X, Y, and Z. Um, so things like that are important. Is could you have made any adjustments? And that's why I always say coaches make the most money here because it's it's very easy to let the game kind of, the, the game is so fast, it's very easy to let it get away from you and then realize at the end, ooh, maybe I should have made that sub or maybe I should have made that decision or, or whatever the case is. It's very, very, very difficult um, to do it in the moment. So you have to, this is where experience comes in, but just being aware of it is like, it's so important to be aware of it so that you can make your in-game adjustments. And in-game adjustments doesn't necessarily have to mean a substitution, but what it can mean is 
your approach with your setter to how you manipulate your offense to create the one-on-ones and one-on-nothings. Or it could be adjusting your defense, switching from a rotational defense to a perimeter defense or a perimeter to rotational. If they're, if they're tipping, if they're rolling, adjusting, things like that. Okay. Fourth thing. Okay. Fourth thing that's important if you're ever asking yourself, is it you? Ask for help. Man, this is such an important point. When I was a younger coach, I was so, I guess arrogant would be the way to put it, the arrogance that I had or maybe just the, the, the ego. That's a better word. The ego that I had was I didn't need to ask for help. I can figure it out on my own. I, I, I put myself in this high category of coaching where it was extremely wrong of me to put myself in that category because I, uh, I first of all, was not, start there. And second of all, what a really poor approach to the game and, and to yourself as a coach. There is not one profession, one job where you can never ask for help. So I encourage you, if you are a coach listening to this and you have not asked for help and you've been trying to figure it out on your own, what you're doing is you're hindering your growth as a coach because the time it takes you to figure out things on your own versus asking for help is astronomical. You will get so much more value from asking for help and you will be able to get to your answers much faster than you would have if you're going at it on your own. And even if the person, like, listen, when I'm, when I ask for, like sometimes I may ask coaches that have only been coaching for like two years, I'll say, hey, I, I, I noticed that. Why'd you do that? Like, that was really interesting. And I pick up on things all the time from everybody. It doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter if they're rookie coaches or experienced coaches or 30-year vets. You never know what you could pick up. And even if it's a bad idea, sometimes bad ideas reassure what you're doing. Sometimes they spark more creativity on your end for something you can do to your team. Like you never know where an idea can come from. Ideas come from all over the place. It's like how many times, coaches, have you come up with a great idea in the shower? You're in the shower, just taking a shower, and all of a sudden a great idea pops into your head. Like you never know where it can come from. It's just putting yourselves in those situations to have that volleyball conversation and it may spark something. I get volleyball ideas when I have conversations with my wife about random things. So you never know where it can come from. So just be aware of that. Ask for help and and reach out to myself too. Like I, I'm as much as I'm busy with coaching and, and, and DVA and things like that. Like I, I mentor over 250 coaches. So I mentor a lot of coaches, but I always want to make, if I, if I can, like I had a coach reach out to me just this morning on, on a DM and I just so happened to be going through some DMs and I noticed that the question was a great question. I sent him a quick video, or not video, sorry, a, a quick response back and that was it. Like if I can, I will. Obviously my, my time is spent with my family first, then my team. And then, you know, I have DVA members that I, I have a prior, I have to prioritize because they're paying members in my program. But after that, if I have any extra time, I have no problem answering questions. So don't ever hesitate to reach out, okay? Um, what am I at, six now, strategy six? Here's something I want you to ask yourself as well. Do you have bad habits that are preventing your team from achieving? Remember, like something that I noticed as a young, as a young coach, or not I noticed, but someone else noticed is I had bad habits. You know, uh, someone like, well, this is kind of leading into my other point, but I have a bad habit that I had was not holding my players accountable as much as I should have been, you know, and I, sh and that was, it was, it was bad. I guess it's not really a habit. I guess it's more of a character flaw. 
I don't know, but were you were you doing something that you that that you, you read? I, for example, I wasn't holding my team accountable the way I should have, but it only, it took a coach to 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 kind of show me the the way that I needed to, and then all of a sudden I, I was much better. Um, so that's a really bad example because that's not a habit. I'm trying to think of a habit. Oh, I got one. I never I never practice planned. That was a bad habit. I never practice planned uh, prior, and now that I do practice plan, I know. The difference like i i see the difference and i know how how like i go back and i ask myself what what was i thinking like i was missing out on so much more opportunities than i realized without practice planning so you know that's um that's something that you gotta keep in your mind too okay moving on to strategy number i lost track of my strategy i think i went seven this is something uh, a mentor really told me and i thought that i thought it was kind of a, a revelation at the time for me but remember you can't, you cannot, okay, you can't fix everyone's problem, and you shouldn't feel guilty about that either, because this feeling happens all the time. There are, there are some things, no matter what you do, you're not going to fix. You're not going to fix it, and you shouldn't feel guilty about that either, okay? There are so many times with players who, I ha- who have so much potential, but there are other things that are preventing them from achieving that potential, and it's out of my control, and I can't fix it. And I cannot feel guilty about that after as well. So ask yourself if you've been in that situation, and, and, and maybe you have felt guilty, and maybe you, you think you can fix everyone's problem, but you really, really, really can't, okay? All right, my next point. This one, is a, I really, really like this point. Do you have the fear to go against the status quo. Oh, I love that one. I love that one because I did have the fear to go against the status quo. You know, our game, our game is very simple. So let's start with that. Our game is very simple, but there is a lot of creativity that coaches can bring to the game. And there's a lot of things that you may see that you're afraid to try because it goes against the status quo. I'm here to tell you and encourage you to not be afraid of the status quo and go be creative and go try new things and experiment in your gym and see what works and see what doesn't. But I, that was a big fear for mine until finally, uh, probably at like my year 10 mark of coaching, I realized that I know a little bit about the game and I have some things I want to implement that I shouldn't be afraid to implement because it's different. You know, like here's a simple one. Normally, at the higher level, you have uh, you have three passers, right? You have two left sides and a libero. Well, unfortunately, in my second year of coaching at the college level, our my libero um, just was really struggling with the side out. They couldn't pass. So what happened was I had to hide them. So I ran a two-person passing rotation. You might think I'm crazy, but I ran two-person passing rotation, and we won. We won games that way. That was going against the status quo, but I didn't have the fear to go against the status quo. So that right there, I think, speaks volume because if you can go against the status quo and go with your gut, trust your gut and try new things and be creative with your problem solving, that's the thing. We're always problem solving as coaches. Be creative with the problem solving and not have to worry about what other people are going to think as long as you're not breaking the rules. You don't have to worry about what other people will think. You just have to worry about what you think. And if you believe in it, go for it. Uh, really, trust me, Like I've learned that. I wish I would learn that earlier, but I learned that. 
Leads me to my next point. Okay, my second last point here. Do you have any trauma from the past that is affecting your decision making for your present team? Because if you do, you have to address it. You can't allow feelings from other teams or your other experiences affect the way you do it. You can help guide, like those past experiences help guide you to make you make better decisions, but it can't hinder you from being who you are as a coach. You know, and it's really hard sometimes to get over that, but sometimes you may have some bad experiences in the past and you use those bad experiences and you think every team is going to have something related to that on your team. And the truth is, is every team is different. Every athlete is different. You're not going to have the same experiences that you had on that team. So you can use it to guide your decision making. So I'm not saying don't ignore it completely. Use it for to guide your decision making, but don't make it, um, don't make it your primary uh, source of decision making if you want to, if you know what I mean. Okay, and the last one, okay, the last one is don't let the team run you. You run the team, okay? They listen to you, not the other way around. Uh, and this is, and I finish with this point because I was talking to a coach just today actually, and you know, some of the comments he was giving to me was sometimes his players don't trust him or they think they know more than him um, or, you know, uh, players may not be, all the players aren't on the same page. So when they, when he tells them to do something, one player may say, I'm not doing that. Or, or they just, they'll, they'll kind of, you know, kind of half-ass it. They won't do it to the best of their ability, etc. The minute things like these happen, that's where you, you run the risk of losing your team. Because if you lose one player and allow one player to be a poison on your team, you're going to lose everybody. And you can't do that. You have to be strong enough to make sure that your word, whatever you say, that's what goes. As long as you're not doing anything illegal or breaking any rules. And they have to make sure they they follow, they follow in line. It sounds kind of bad to say fall in line. But at the end of the day, you're the coach, not them. If you have a game plan, if you have instructions, their job is to execute those instructions at the best of their ability. And if you have a player who's constantly second guessing you, either doing it publicly or privately, if they're doing it publicly, they should be kicked out of the gym right away. But if, they're, if, you, if you have that, then it's a matter of time before you lose the trust of the team. But trust me, because it's gonna take, it's all, it all it takes is one player. It only takes one player to create a situation where the team loses you and you need to get it under control before that can happen. And even at my level, it happens. Like a few years ago, I had a, I had a player who, who questioned the, the, the decisions that I made. And it was, it was unwarranted, obviously, but they still did it because they're, they're young and they think they know everything. And unfortunately, they don't. So I deal with it too. I know lots of coaches at the higher level deal with it too. It's just part of the game. It's, it is what it is. Okay. All right. So let's do a quick recap. We talked about, again, this, this whole episode stems along the lines of, you know, have you ever asked yourself, is it you? Have you ever asked yourself, is it you? Because I'm here to tell you that it's not. And the fact that you're asking that question, it's okay. All right. So let's start by saying that there is going to be times where you question yourself as a coach. There's going to be times. The first thing to understand is that it's normal and that everybody goes through it, players included. And the second thing to understand is that it's important that you're aware of it and you understand that it, it is not all on you. It is not you. It's a collective thing, okay? The second, when you do start feeling, or the third rather, when you do start feeling this, 
Find out exactly what, where your team is struggling and ask yourself what you can do to help them. So do you, well, look, at your, look at film, for example, and observe your player's behavior. Observe your behavior. Look at your unforced errors. Look at how they beat you. And then look and see what kind of decisions you could have made in-game or adjustments that you could have made in-game to help your team win. Okay? You can ask yourself as well, do you have the knowledge or skills to help them improve? Because if you don't, then it goes to my fourth point, ask for help. Ask for help. Talk to other coaches. Ask for help because that's the best way you're going to get help. Ask me. I'm here if I can. So don't be that arrogant young coach that I once was where I thought I could do everything on my own and I didn't need to ask for help. It's the wrong way to approach this. Trust me. Okay? How do we have? Five, six. Do you have any bad habits that are preventing your team from achieving their goal? Okay, now, and one thing also, remember, you can't fix everyone's problem and you shouldn't feel guilty about that either. You cannot fix everyone's problem and you should not feel guilty. You can do everything you can to try, but it's not, it, might not, it might not always happen and it's not your fault if it doesn't happen. Okay. Do you have the fear to go against the status quo? Oh, I love that point. Do you have the fear to go against the status quo? I encourage you guys. I encourage you coaches. Experiment. Experiment. Go with your gut. Trust your gut. There's a reason your gut is telling you something. Sometimes you got to trust it. Okay. Do you have any trauma from the past experience that you had? Because I hope you're not making that trauma come onto this team. You can use it to guide your decisions, but don't, don't have the team suffer because of it, if you know what I mean. And then the last thing I said was don't let your team run you. You run the team. Okay, do not let the team run you. You run the team. They listen to you, not the other way around. And if you have a player, normally it's just one player, sometimes it's two, that is going against what you're saying, not listening to you or questioning you, they need to go. They need to go because it's going to be a matter of time before the entire team is poisoned. And then at then it's, it's really, really big damage control. It's very hard to get out of that. Okay. All right. I hope you guys took some takeaways from today's episode. I hope, again, it, it was just, you know, every coach feels this way. I want you to know you're not alone. And I just wanted to share my thoughts with you guys so that it can help you minimize any kind of negative and tough feelings um, that are preventing you from doing your job uh, when, you, when it comes to asking yourself questions like these. Okay. All right. That's it for me. I will see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.